The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And before we get started, I just quickly wanted to ask, I'm not sure if you've covered it on a YouTube video yet, but what are the what, what does 2020 hold for Ben Crawford as of August to December? That's a, that's a good question. I think just continued growth and continued uh, pushing the envelope and breaking every unwritten rule that there is and trying to, you know, because people, people want to make a change, but you can't kind of come in and do the same thing, but make it a little different. Like you got to come completely out of left field if you really want to do something different. And so I think just continuing to do that and just kind of trusting in the process and, and knowing that the right uh, opportunities will present themselves at the right times. And I mean, I was just talking to some guys about this, like, since we were talking to, and didn't know, if, did you watch like that West Fly Athletics video with some of the kids from Ole Miss? They yes, started yeah, yeah, like yeah, Everett Smolders and, and Farah. He ran like 1337 at that Music City Distance Carnival. And they uh, basically like started their own thing. And I mean, it was a, it was a super awesome video. I really liked it. But uh, I think a lot of people kind of got the wrong perception from it just because they're kind of like speaking the truth. But also they were batching on Tin Man a, a good amount. And some people were just like talking mad shit. Like you can't come out in your first video saying this, but it's like, it is what it is. Um, I think like I was talking with them and then uh, Avery Bartlett, who's like pretty big on like, track and field TikTok. Uh, he runs for Atlanta Track Club in the South. Uh, us and so kind of maybe gonna do some stuff with them and get some like unattached type cross-country races going this fall and you know maybe just head out get some going in eugene then go to boulder go to flagstaff see see where it takes us because i think if if we do it people will watch it and the people will be entertained with it so that's that's one thing that might be on the table but like i said might have to wait for uh, a few of the COVID restrictions to line up just or to clear up just because of uh people be kind of being associated with their schools and you don't want it to be a bad look for them yeah i think as well i'm not sure if it's the same in the u.s but in the uk i think the main issue is actually getting a license to actually hold the event at the minute because it's yeah. got so much to ensure and so much like mm -hmm. so much planning to go forward and obviously also all the officials in the uk are what you'd class as at risk because they're all like in the 60s 70s yeah. yeah so i think that's one of the main issues we obviously had a meeting yesterday which went actually yeah. surprisingly well but i think that's probably going to be about it for the season really it's it's looking wow. tough cross country is definitely probably the most yeah like i was going to do a, a meeting call right out this summer but then with covid and, and like like you said the insurance and making sure everyone gets tested because if you do a, a big event like that you're going to have people looking at you through a microscope and they're going to every little detail they're going to be nitpicking and it's that's not really something i'm down for in a lot of ways like i don't want to have to i don't want the i don't want to bear the weight of the burden i just want to have people come together and run yeah. And so I think like, obviously the, I've kind of classified it down to the main things you really need are just like a venue, which is easy enough. You just need a timing company, which at least for track you do, and you probably for cross as well. And that, that might cost a little bit, but it's like, that's a, a cost I'm usually willing to front just cause it's like the main thing. And then like 
But other than that, I mean, you charge people for admission or you just let them come for free and then see if they'll donate or buy a t-shirt or something. And then you make a little bit off that and, and you just make a video out of it and you post it and, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I think, yeah, without, without COVID, it's a lot easier to do. Yeah. I think, I think as well, virtual races might be the new sort of wave as well at the minute. I've seen quite a lot of them going yeah. on. But yeah. And that's one thing for me where it's like, I totally, like I can get behind the idea and stuff. And it's like, I think right now it's a great idea, but in the, in the future, it's like, who knows what'll happen. But I know for me personally, like, I'm not like the biggest fan of it in ways where it's like, I don't know. It's just like, someone might go out and run a super hilly run for their virtual 5k. Other person might just go run around a track. Like it's, it's different and it's not really like a, a good gauge, but like I said, for the state that we're in now, it's the best and kind of only option. So I'm, I'm all in on that. And I think getting some stuff together where it's like a, the new world athletics in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta launch some stuff. NGTF new generation track and field. I think, I think that's kind of what I've decided on. I'm going to try and call some of this stuff, but if a better name comes to mind, it will. But I think, uh, or NGA new generation athletics, maybe both, but uh, I don't know. I think it could be, could be cool. And then it's a little bit more broad encompassing than the whole trunk voice track club thing we've been because that's that's kind of hard I feel like for people to get behind and, and relate to versus new generation it's like doesn't matter what age you are like it's you want to be a part of moving the sport forward like you want to be a part of that new generation the new school like come on in because the only yeah. way bro is if by everyone lifting the sport up together there's no room for exclusiveness and I yeah. think that's what a lot of these pro groups now are kind of built around is this like exclusive element where it's like we're not going to show you guys anything and, and Bowerman Track Club probably swears to God they're not exclusive but it's like really like you guys are not racing any other teams like you're not post like you're not posting anything that like really is building the brands of your athletes like it's you guys are kind of behind this curtain versus instead of posting your two or three inner squad meets on YouTube but I don't know it is what it is and I think maybe in the future they'll they'll come to see what's working for us and maybe and we'll happily bring them on board but I don't know. I definitely think that the people who are anyone who's like 22, 23 and under right now is kind of, they kind of get the idea. I'd just like to say as well, do you know where obviously Trunk Boys, I originally thought that was um, Trump Boys, as in Donald oh, Trump. God. And I was like, I don't know if you're being serious right now or not. No, so. dude, oh my gosh. No, we did a, <laughs> that's so funny. I did a live stream question thing with Everett on the way when we were driving back out to Boulder. And people were like talking to us about like asking questions about like politics stuff. And they're like, how did you and Everett meet? And I was like, we actually met at an All Lives Matter rally a couple of years back. Super great. Like, you know, me and Everett, man. Like, and people were just like, really? Like, what about Cooper? Like, we're just like, oh, we actually met Cooper at a Trump rally later that week. And all this stuff. People were just like, you guys really speak? Like, no. Like, the fuck? Like, no, not at all. The, uh, it was just very obvious, blatantly a joke. But it was just funny to see some people react to it in that sense. But uh, yeah, no, definitely, uh, I don't know, the whole election thing, I don't know if you've seen all this stuff coming up now about like how he's trying to dismantle like a big portion of the US Postal Service, which is like kind of a backbone of our nation just being like it gets like a lot of people rely on it in like really rural areas. And so he's kind of like trying to do that to, because most of the election is going to have to be vote by mail because of the coronavirus. And so he was like trying to kind of dismantle it and like, like just really like bring the size of it down and everyone was just like yo like that's what are you doing man like that's definitely that's definitely sus 
And so uh, then their their like postmaster, who's like the technical name for the guy in charge, uh, came out and like said that they're not going to make any changes until after the election and, and do all this, and they could easily handle the the load of like if he said if everyone like voted on one day uh, for the election, that would be like a half of their normal daily like mail load. And so it was just like okay, like they kind of stuck it to him in that aspect. But I don't know. This will be the first presidential election I'm able to to vote in because I was I had turned 18 a couple months after uh, the one in 2016. So happy to exercise that right to vote. Yeah, I, I recently, well, it was a few months ago, voted for the first time. Didn't matter anyway because I'm not going to say who I voted for, but it wasn't the winning the winning yeah, side, of whatever you want to call it. But yeah. so I, I just kind of felt like I wasted my vote a bit there. But it's, <laughs> I guess you got to do your part. Maybe, you? maybe I'll pull a wild card and vote for Kanye. <laughs> The end now. To be honest, no, he's, he's probably not. as good as anyone else at the minute. Seriously, it's like trying to pick a lesser of two evils. So there's always some controversy surrounding Kanye as well. So maybe, maybe it'll yeah. keep and things he's, spicy. He's, like, he's probably my main inspiration, just in terms of like at least as a, an artist, like he's always gone against the grain and broken all these unwritten rules of like what a rapper was supposed to be and rap about. And so like, I definitely get a lot of inspiration from him. But then it's always a, a hard thing saying that because everyone always like jumps to think of the political stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like not that stuff. Yeah. Like just in terms of him, like kind of being a, a free willed individual and, and not kind of sticking to the status quo is what I, I really like the best about him. And I think it's kind of the mold you got to follow to make change. Yeah. It's also, I love his music as well. It's great to yeah, run his to. Music, his music's amazing. Great to run yeah. to. And sort yeah. of speaking of sticking on the controversial subjects before we get on to obviously the winners and losers of this season um, due to COVID, I wanted to, if you are happy to speak about it and sort of shed some light on it, the Brooks and the athlete special situation. Okay. What yeah. is your opinion on that? And also, My opinion, um, I don't want to speak for, for Spencer or anything because obviously, like, if, if anyone from Brooks is watching this, this is my opinion. There's nothing to do with Spencer. Great dude. You guys did an amazing job signing him. Uh, don't get mad at him for what I'm about to say. But uh, I think, I don't know. I just think it's like, because he signed a normal contract for like, I mean, I don't, I didn't see the contract. I don't know the whole gist of it, the fine print. But at least from what I understand from hearing from him and then just other sources, it's like, it's a normal, like, one and a half, two year contract. And it's like, he's getting paid. Like, it's not like some walk-on thing where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll let you come train with us. And then maybe we'll sign you to a contract if you run fast enough. It's like, he's run the times. He's kind of established himself already. And they're almost, the way they worded it in like a couple of the tweets and the posts, I think didn't do themselves any favors. Because they said like, oh, he's going to have to hit these performance standards and like to get like these extra perks, which are just normal things that come with uh, signing a contract, like wearing the singlet and, getting certain amounts of gear and, and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, I see that they're trying to maybe create a little bit of a storyline in that aspect of like, follow him on his journey. Will he make the Brooks piece? But it's like, dude's already on the team. Like, why are you acting like he's not? And then obviously like if they, he doesn't run fast enough in those year in that year and a half, two years, like then they're not going to resign him and that's on him just like with any other pro athlete. So I don't know. I just think it's their, not seeing the bigger picture of of what he brings to the the table and and maybe they are maybe that's why they wanted to sign him was because he could do all this youtube stuff and he has this massive following but it's like you look at brooks beast and they're a, a one of the bigger name clubs in the united states and they they don't really have that large of a following and i didn't know it was i mean i'm a track and field nut so it's like i obviously know them but i got a bunch of people in my dm saying like i didn't even know about them until spencer mentioned them like in study time with them and i was like who are these guys 
And I was like, okay, maybe you're kind of living under a rock, but also it's like not that far fetched to to go off and think that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's definitely just like, I don't know. I think probably the wording and all of that could have gone around better. Could have like just been better. But I'm excited for him. I think it's awesome that he's kind of showing that hey, he in a in a lot of ways broke a little bit of the mold where it's like you got to be this NCAA champion, big time All American guy to go pro and get these contracts with these large uh, clubs. But in a way, it's like hey, you have this following. People are still going to want to see it anyways. And so props to to Brooks for I guess signing him and hopefully it uh it works out and they it's not too weird or too awkward but i don't know i just think that if i was like i think he has the capability to do more for their club than any marketing person has ever done or ever will do yeah 100 percent. actually when um spencer once shared one of our stories we have our we had our most impressions in a week on instagram so he's definitely he's definitely got an influence behind him and also i think Brooks Beast obviously have a quality team like some of their runners like yeah, Josh Kerr Henry Wim all those guys Alley crazy runners but as a social media side of things the only thing they have is sort of the sit, sit and kick podcast which is obviously Josh Kerr and David Ribich yeah, other exactly. than that really there's not any personality out there so I think it's a great move obviously for to get Spencer on the team and obviously Spencer's a smart guy and also yeah from past people have told me that Brooks treat their athletes quite well so yeah Hopefully there, there's a, a good deal and like a good relationship to like work yeah. on. No, he's, also, he's also yeah. got his own brand as well, hasn't yeah. he? Tass running. Yeah, I know. Which I, is obviously... Exactly. I I, uh, I wish nothing but the best for, for him and them. And I think, I don't know, maybe in a couple of years after his contracts, then we'll get a little dream team together. But uh, who knows? That's that's always in the back of my mind. But there's there's a lot of time. Yeah. By, got, yeah. by the next presidential election, you'll have... Uh, a presidential right for president yeah as well as a um track team which is exactly doing all these meets like um the uh track Columbia guys are at the minute yeah no i'm yeah I'm the the guy like main guy jeff merrill who who kind of organizes a lot of the meets he's i think there might be some other guys involved but he's just the one i know personally he's a super awesome guy and they definitely have a good vision for the sport uh i just think that i mean at least in my opinion i i look at what they're doing and it's like okay like you could trim a little bit of the fat around the edges, you'd be golden. But uh, it's it's still more than most people are doing. So you can't really knock it. And I think that, I don't know, they're providing a good platform. It's just a little bit, uh, I don't know, still still old-fashioned in some ways, in my opinion. And it it's kind of needs to make that jump into the the new age. But I don't know. I'll probably sit down and talk with some of them. and Because I, I, I would love to get involved with them and, and kind of offer myself up and say, like, hey, I'll do, I'll do anything like I'll, I'll, I'll be your, cause I don't, I don't want people to get this misconception, but I'm not, I really have no plans of like ever sitting down and signing on to one entity. Cause I know that that'll kind of kill a lot of stuff and kind of make them control the content you put out and like really restrict what you can do. And I think, especially now it's like, I'm like, it, we're just getting started. Like we're maybe like 10% of the way there. And it's like the, I think doing something like that would just absolutely like kill the growth. And it's like maybe short term it wouldn't, but long term it's like you're not going to be able to expand it and do what you want as much. Yeah, there's there's always there'll always be an agenda behind what you're posting if you're yeah, sort of tied to one entity because it's always sort of marketing for that one entity and like showing that like suiting their brand image kind of thing, which is obviously can restrict you somewhat, uh, especially obviously when your whole brand is sort of 
showing more personality behind the sport, which is what we need. And I think that's one of the biggest things we lack is personality. Oh yeah. I listened to actually uh, on the drive. I, I listened to the, the podcast with a uh, goose and I, I love that podcast, man. I sent him a DM afterwards and I was like, dude, I cannot wait to like meet you and like be able to collaborate on some stuff. Cause he's got the right idea. And when he said, he said something that really stuck with me, he's like, he's never one of the cool kids. I was always like the coolest one of the nerds and the geeks. And I was like, Hey man, I felt that one. But, uh, I think, you know, I, I think he has the right idea. And I mean, even with, with Tin Man and the stuff they're going about, like it's it's pushing it forward in, in some way, so you can't knock it. And I think yeah. if, if that's your goal to is to be a part of something like that, like he's on the, the right agenda and the right the right path with that. So it should be cool. I just think that, I don't know, I, I wish there were more athletes like Nick Simmons who just did not give a shit about what other people thought. And like, we're not afraid to try and piss their brand off by, by doing certain things because it's in the end like you got to make them play by your rules because you're the one that is like if you're growing big enough like that's appealing to a much larger audience and the thing is with nike right now it's like there's no room to do that because nike is already so global and kind of dominates our sport in a lot of ways so it's like they're as soon as like you try and rock the boat a little bit they'll toss you overboard and replace you with someone else I mean, yeah. you need, even someone like Mofar or Galen or Central, like I'm sure they would not hesitate to do that just because their their roster of athletes one so deep where it's like you, they have the five best in like so many events. Yeah, every event, they just absolutely dominate. The, mm-hmm. It's just the marketing they've done over the last 10 years. It's just because Adidas yeah. used to have better runners. Like Adidas sort of used to be the best for running. And now it's obviously tri- switched completely to Nike. Like every think- event is probably Nike. Yeah, and I think Adidas too, though, is, is kind of on the topic comeback just with they're a little bit more hip and kind of like new age. While Nike is like still like it's Nike, it's so big, it, it's almost too big to fail in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But Adidas is kind of on the resurgence. I know like when they released the Ultra Boost and MDs and stuff like X amount of years ago, like that was kind of the start of it where it's like, hey, like we're cool again, we're doing this and they're doing all their stuff with Kanye and, and all that. I mean, I was talking to some of my friends because people like to make their own tracks like sometimes we'll just like cut off the plates from like Matumbo and cut off the the soles of things we're just like dude what if we got it because I have a couple pairs of fake Yeezys from like DHgate we're just like what if we made a pair of Yeezy spikes and just like drove to the Wyoming left them on Kanye's doorstep at his ranch that'd be so funny and then just like then he's like yo who are these guys they're innovators I don't know should actually do that uh, it'd be so funny and then just get him on like knowing like his bipolar ass he'd get on some track and field kick and it would do wonders for the sport but it's like, uh, it's like when uh, off-white did that collab with the zoom fly oh, i got yeah. so excited that and been, then it was just it, it could have been failed. better in my opinion yeah. same with when jordan did their their collab a couple of years ago with uh nike running that and it's just, like yeah i don't know that's this, yeah this, there's too many too many old old heads controlling these things man they need to they need to let this this new generation do things there's a jordan running shoe out right now as well and i've heard apparently it's basically for basketballers who want to run. Like, apparently, it's not a good running shoe at all. And oh, I wouldn't assume so, yeah. I mean, I just thought it was cool. Like, I bought one of them. It looked like a Jordan 3, but it was like a running shoe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is thick. But it's also sat in my closet. I've worn it, like, twice. And it's just, like, still sitting in my closet back in California. <laughs> I look at it when I go home for the holidays. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should bring this to Oregon with me. And it's, like, time for me to leave. And I'm like, ah, I don't have enough room. <laughs> Did you uh, see the Oregon Project Jordan collab, like, was it like 2016? I think that was that what you talking about. I think that's the one where it was like the two colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that was that's what we need sort of in the sport more. I think really because exactly. yeah, 
it, that was you want awesome. to get the, the street, all the streetwear nuts invested in it too, because that community is ridiculously big. And so you get some like collab that they're going off the charts for. Like it's, that'll market itself in, in an aspect of it. That. What do you think of the next single this year? I actually really like it. I think, I don't know, I've, I'm, it's pretty hard for me to dislike one of their singlets. I don't know. I think they have a, enough graphic designers where they know what they're doing and they can make it look cool. My favorite one, and it might be because this was like the first year I was really invested in track and field, but like I think it was the 2014 or 2015, 2014, where it was just the blank singlet and it just had like, it was like neon and it just had like the navy blue or like black stripe down the, the like breast of it. And it's, I really liked that one. And I don't know, I think most of them are, are pretty cool. I just think they could make so much more money if they like sold them and made them like available to people because people want to wear that. And I get like, oh, well, it's like exclusive to the athletes and that's what makes it cool. But it's like, okay, you can go buy a LeBron James jersey. Like that's not exclusive to him. Like yeah. maybe the exact game worn one where it's like stitched on and stuff. But still, if you go drop $250 on NBA store, you can buy a completely stitched Lakers LeBron James jersey. And yeah. people like they'll spend their hard-earned money on that because they love LeBron and they feel like they can relate to him and it's like I don't know it's just I think that would be cool and I mean Bowerman kind of did that they sold a few of their singlets and it's like they probably sold out pretty fast yeah I had to get one on the second drop I had to DM them and say can you let me know when they're about to drop so they messaged me two minutes before they dropped so I got on the site and sort of got one while I could and then it came and it was too small for me so that's great running it like twice but it's, it's nice. It's very nice. No, rip out the back. Yeah, I'm, have, I'm tempted to like stretch it a bit, or either like, or put it in a case or something. I don't know. Yeah, that would be cool. We're, I'm thinking about doing this. Uh, get some. Uh, oh, like, because people like want to send us stuff. Like, I have people in my YouTube comments and DMs all the time. Like, hey, like, where can we send you guys like stickers or like T-shirts or singlets? It's okay. Like, we have because it's like me, Cooper, Reed, our friend Gavin, and this kid named Charlie Hunter who's on the Oregon team. Is like a he was a number one mile. NCAA uh, indoor season him and Cooper were one two they both ran 355 but it's just us living in this house and we have this big old sunroom with like a bunch of like track memorabilia we already had and we're like what if we get people to send us stuff like and we can just continue to to decorate this but also make it like because I know there'd be a bunch of kids who'd hop up and be like hey like I'd send you guys stuff like I want my things to be in your guys's house like that'd be sick and so I don't know. Then I was looking at the cost of a PO box and I was like, mm, not paying $70 every three months for a little mini box. I can just have them send it to the address. Screw that. You can put my address down if you want. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll filter the stuff out. I'll it to you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate I that. Yeah. Send me stuff, people. I, we took that. We've got a few, we've got a few bits and bobs here and there, but nothing, ever, nothing was yeah, like. I know. I know. I just want to go to the, I heard one of my friends whose dad is like an exec at Nike. He's like, dude, you can just like go into these closets at the Nike campus and there's just like every like prototype, every pro kit thing from like 2008, like in a closet. And I'm like, hey, when are you trying to take me to the Nike campus, man? <laughs> like, we have a follower always messages with like prototype spikes or like Nike singlets that aren't out or like the world championship kit. And I'm like, where are you getting this from? And I, I'm not going to say who it is because I'm not sure if they're allowed to actually have the stuff and send it to us, obviously. But ba they basically get everything and they send it to us and all the reply all the time is like, I hate you. Because he has one day he has the air victories, the new air zoom victories, and then the next <laughs> day he has the dragonflies. Like, is your dad still nice? <laughs> it, is, it pretty much is. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. someone works very high up in Asia at Nike and that's how they get the stuff, basically. Okay, it's sort yeah, of, I know. Like, yeah, there's, uh, I know. And there's, there's a lot of runners, too, like who just, they get so much gear and then they'll just like, 
I mean, even like in Europe and, and even some American runners, and it's like, we don't know who they are because they're kind of like lower level, but it's like, they'll send that stuff to all these accounts and, and that stuff. And I don't know if you know who historic running is on Instagram, just can name Jack from America. He has like 12, 13,000 followers, but he posts like a lot of like cool vintage gear and some of the stuff I'm like, dude, where'd you get this? Like 2001, like university of Texas track and field center. Like that's sick, but I don't know. I always want to get it, but I'm like, I don't want to pay for this. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I've been before like, Hey man, send me some stuff and I'll, uh, I'll shout you out. And he's like, no, can do. And I'm like, dang, I mean, I probably took the same thing, but still, cause he's got to make some money on it. He's probably paying for it in the end. Uh, yeah. But it'd so. be cool to get something done with like athletes where you like, either raffle it off or just give it away as a prize you're like in these like races because obviously monetary prizes is a great but obviously it's actually getting those prizes for the money so the, some great kit would be amazing because athletes have one thing all pro athletes have is a lot of kit so that'd be kind of cool yeah, to, and that'd be cool too like i don't know to have some uh like if why doesn't like Kipchoge or why doesn't Central or these guys, why don't they have the Air Central, the Air Kipchoge spike that like they designed where it's like the Kobe's or the KD's or the LeBron's or the Paul George's or the Kyrie's, like these basketball shoes. And I don't know, they had one back in the 90s. This guy named, I think his name was Bob Kennedy. He was like a, he was the first non-African guy to break 13 minutes in the 5K. He was like an Olympian in 96 for the US. And he had like his own, like the Air Kennedy and I've been trying to find them, but they're super expensive and also just like really ugly. But it's like the concept behind it is super sick that it's like this, this runner. Cause I mean, you go to the store, like a Foot Locker or a Champ Sports as a kid. And you're like, you see these athletes that have the shoes and it's like, that resonates with you. And you're just like, oh, I, I like Kobe because I like the way his shoe looks. Or I like LeBron because, and it's obviously there's a lot more to it. But when you're seven, eight, nine years old, like that's all you're thinking about. Like I remember back in the day, like, I was a would always play a bunch of sports video games like NBA, NFL, MLB, and it's like okay, like I like the way this player is in the video game. I therefore I like this player, and it's like then you you go to a game, you buy their jersey, you follow them on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, and of course like I don't know how to code video games or anything, and I assume that's a, a going to cost a lot of money and a big task to take in. But if there was a track and field video game, that'd be sick. Because I miss I miss the Olympic one. Oh um, yeah, dude. we're just like spam A to run. Yeah, you can't. You don't even have characters, do you? It's just like generic, Jeff, like Matt Smith or something exactly. like that. You could feel like exactly. you could. But it's still a good game, though. I wish. I'm guessing they don't get many sales from it, though. To be honest, so why not? There was this one. There's like an arcade uh, in Portland, Oregon. It's like one of the biggest arcades, like in the country. It's very random. But they had this one track and field video game there. Uh, like it was like an old box video game. It was very very cool. Like I'd always go in there and play it whenever I'd be visiting my brother up there or whatnot. But then one day I went and they took it out and I was, I was pressed. I was like, no, like this is the, this is the only reason I come here is to play this track and field video game and, and spam A to do the long jump. Like that is why. But then I looked up to try and buy it online and it's like $3,000. And I was like, dang, guess it looks like I'm not playing this game for a while. Yeah. It'd be so cool to have that like in your house. Just as like, oh, I know. just as a centerpiece in the, like, as soon as someone walks in, all they see is that it'd be amazing. Cause I don't Konami, know. If anyone from Konami video games is watching this, bring back Konami track and field. I don't probably from the eighties or nineties. I don't know the exact name of it, but word up. Well, I mean, Shout with your YouTube that. channel, you could probably sort something out. Maybe I want to get like, there was a, I want to get like, try to figure out. I have like a, I wouldn't say obsession, but like I'm really into at least like for the past couple of months, been into like nineties track and field and eighties track and field and like 
because there were a lot of really good runners that I think no one knows about. And it's like, I want to be able to like somehow get in touch with these guys and like interview them for my channel because they were like just as good. Like they were 349 guys too. And they won. Like there's this one guy, Joe Falcon. He was a runner at Arkansas back in like 88 to 91, I think, or 88 to 92. And it's his, the dude's range was insane. He won cross nationals like twice, indoor mile, like outdoor 15, 3K, 5K, 10K, like dude could do anything. And then he went and won the dream mile in Oslo in 91 or 92 and ran 349 and destroy like a very competitive field. And it's like that people like no one in him. I never had heard of the guy before. I was just like watching some 1992 Olympic trials race. And it's, and I consider myself pretty well versed in, in knowing who's who. But I know for the younger generation, like they don't know who the heck that is. But younger generation basketball fans know who Magic Johnson was. They know who Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like those guys were great and they're remembered for it. But these guys just kind of fall off the radar after they're done running and go work a desk job for 20, 20 some odd years. Yeah, it's crazy. After the Monaco Diamond League, we like walked outside and Rory knows um, Laura Waitman because they run for the same club. So we went mm -hmm. up to her, obviously spoke about her race and then Paula Radcliffe came up. And then Steve Cram came and it was just like, imagine in any other sport where you'd have some of the best runners ever. Ever. It's just not accessible like that. And, and it's, they're going to have security. They're going to have mobs of people around mm -hmm. them. Like you have Magic Johnson shows up at an NBA game. Dude, from the moment he steps out of the car to the moment he gets back in the crowd for the game, there's going to be a horde of people around him. Yeah. Like just trying to get his autograph pictures, security, like people like, oh, what can I do for you? Like the staff at the place is going to be all about that. And it's like, that's why I think track and field is so different too. Cause you get guys like that who can just walk around and meet. And it's like, yeah, you might get like a handful of people who are like big fans and be like, Oh, that's like Paula Ratcliffe. Like I'm going to go take a picture with her. And like, of course she's probably happy to oblige with that because they don't get asked that often, but you go anywhere outside of a track meet and no one's going to know who you are. It was, it was really cool. Cause we got noticed. Someone came <laughs> up to us awesome. and was like, are you the guys from tracks? And I was like, what? That's so sick, dude. No, that, um, and then we walked, like Sorry, go on. No, 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 no. I want to hear what you were finished saying. Um, and then we carried on walking, and there was like loads of people waiting to um, wait for Sebco, I think it was, because there was a crowd outside. And then we walked 10 meters down after this massive crowd, and Carson Walholm was just sat by himself with his coach, and no one was paying attention to him. And I was just like, That's what? the fastest 400 meter hurdler of all time. So it's, it's just crazy how it just seems so like yeah, athletes I and normal people. I know, and it's like, yeah, and for most other sports, you can never be able to do that, which is, I think, almost in a lot of ways gives track an advantage, and I think no matter, because everyone, like, I forget what I was listening to, but it's like, no matter if you run four minutes flat in a mile or eight minutes flat in a mile, like, you have to own it, and, like, that's you, and you gotta, like, like, that's, like, you're still a runner, no matter what, and it's not like a lot of the other sports, like, they view these athletes, like, our basketball or football, where it's like, oh, like, Peyton Manning or LeBron James, Tom Brady, like these guys are like all the way up here with running. Hopefully it becomes accessible enough where it's like, Hey, these guys are just like you and me. Like they still go out and put in the miles every day, just at a, a faster pace, obviously, but it's still the, the same grind. And so I think no matter how old you are, or what your skill level is, you can still relate to that. And that's something very unique in my opinion. Yeah. I think hopefully it's, it's like one of them where it's like, it's not big enough. Like athletes don't get enough um, credit for that, that what the effort they put in and obviously don't get enough money and things like that. But if they did, then we wouldn't have this relationship with athletes and fans as well. So it's sort of like a win-win, lose-lose situation kind of thing. Exactly. Isn't it? No, and, 
and then hopefully as the sport continues to grow and the it just those interests like stay in place and it's not like I mean there probably will be some like and I'm sure Inga Britson like they go back to Norway and it's like they're literal celebrities like they probably get noticed everywhere but it's like that's few very very few and far between because I know even like in in Eugene like we'll see like some OTC guys are like just like Ben Blaine and Chibbert's on me like out for a run and it's just like you'll be running just like oh shit that's so and so like that dude just ran an Olympic final and they're just like chilling there like lacing up like before a run and like people are running by and they have no idea yeah in the airport we saw Craig and uh, Jessica Hall and uh, Shannon Robery we just walked up to them and started speaking no everyone else was oblivious around it and then we yeah, started like, like, only you knew who these people were and then we had a picture of them and, and we I, I swear like we we just dipped so we only got a picture of Craig because we we're like we don't want people to think we're weirdos having pictures with random people in the airport so we yeah. ended up walking off but it's just crazy how you can just see them and have a chat with them and then they literally made world championship finals and ran national records like exactly yeah it's just it's so insane and and I know, like, I can't speak for Shannon or Craig because I don't really know him too well, but it's, like, Jess is super down to earth. Like, obviously, her, like, running at, at Oregon and all this stuff, like, you get to, to know her fairly well. And she's, like, just so down to earth and just, like, super nice. And it's it's cool to see that these egos kind of haven't taken over in a lot of sense, which with a lot of other sports, like, there was a, a story. My brother, like, he's a good amount older than me, but one time, like, him and my parents, I've just heard the story from them. They're at some hotel in an elevator with Alex Rodriguez with A-Rod, the baseball player. And uh, he's, he was just like a, an asshole to them. And it's just like, that's like, that's no good, man. Like these people are the ones who are like supporting you and, and are your fans and are the reason you're this popular. Like you got to be able to give them the time of day. Like I know for me, like not to say like, I, I could probably count on two, two hands the amount of times I've been recognized, but it's like, I was at a Target with Rachel MacArthur and Emily Covert. We're just like buying toilet paper. And this girl comes up to us. She's like, hey, can, oh my gosh, like, can I get a picture with you? And we're just like, just very much caught us off guard. We're just like, what? Like, yeah, of course. Like, so we're just like talking to her. And I was like, I had noticed she was wearing like a California state cross country shirt on it. And I was like, oh, that's sick. Like you're from California too. Like, where are you from? And I was like, oh shoot, that's 30 minutes away from me. Like, you know, so-and-so. And she's like, oh yeah. And it was just like very genuine, very cool. And it's like, that's like, it make it just like made me feel good that like I was like okay like this is like this is what it's about like it's not yeah. about like trying to big time be like oh sorry like see ya like whatever it's like no these people are the reason like you're able to do what you do like you gotta give them the time of day and like be nice to them and imagine if you were in their shoes and you saw someone you like looked up to not even looked up to but just like enjoyed watching their content or, or knew who they were how would you want them to react to you and so I just I always think about that not that I get noticed that often, but when it happens, I always make sure to try and, and go out of my way to to be that, like, to give them a good impression and, and have people be like, dang, he, they are the same as they are in the videos and in real life. We had a, a, some random high school kid show up to one of our runs, and I didn't, I thought he had shown up with, like, some of the other guys who were there, because there were some other dudes there I didn't know who ran for, like, University of Texas, and uh, I didn't know all of them, per se, so I thought he was just tagging along with them, and then afterwards, he's, like, talking to us, and he's like, man, like, this is awesome. Like, you guys are exactly, I was kind of worried coming in thinking you guys were going to be like, he's like big shots and stuff. You guys are exactly the same in the videos as you, as you are in real life. Like just having a conversation. And I was like, thank you, man. Like that's one of the most genuine, like, it's like one of the biggest columns someone can say, at least in my opinion, because it just means that you're, you're being real, which is something I always try to do. And then I was act, talking to Cooper later that night and I was like, yo, who, who was that kid? And he's like, oh dude, I don't know. Like, I think he's just a high schooler who saw the run on Strava. 
and I was just like what like that's so that's so funny but also like I'm I'm glad that like in the moment even not knowing who he is we were able to to make him feel welcome and like we weren't some big shots because at the end of the day we're not yeah. like it's it's easy to get carried away and be like oh like maybe in the running world you're having a little bit of success so on social media and like in that whole aspect but in the like the bigger picture like in reality you're nobody like and it's sometimes I think a lot of people let their their egos get the best of them in that sense where it's like man like you step outside of a track meet no one's gonna know who you are you're no Samuel L. Jackson you're no Brad Pitt Tom Cruise like those guys can't go anywhere you're no Drake and it's, and to be honest I wouldn't want to get to that level because it's like I wouldn't want to be able to go to the grocery store and not go to the grocery store by, like on my own or not be able to walk around and always have to have security by me or like some someone there like watching out because you never know like people are tracking you basically there's like obsessive people out there and it's like for me like that's just I want to get in change the sport collect my money go on my way the uh but it is I will say it it, it is that is the dream man we can all dream we can all hope so I got from that as well. If if anyone's listening and is, wants to go on a run, just go to Boulder and meet up with the guys and just join in on the run. And then maybe in a few months' time, you'll have like a Kenyan sort of group out there where it's like 150 exactly. runners. That'd be the, that's like we're getting a lot of shit, man. For there was just one run, rightfully so, where it kind of got like we invited like a few teams to come, but it was like one video where there was literally like 50 people on this run, and like I was watching the video like when I was editing it, and I was there's just one shot, and I was like, yo, like that's sick. But then there was a bunch of people just like hating like COVID. It's just like, okay, like I, I get where they're coming from. And also it's like, look at the bigger picture. Like we're bringing people together. We're doing this, we're building this community. And it's as the restrictions start to get lifted, it will be cool. Like I know during the Olympic trials next year, like I want to have like some kind of meetups and like do, do run type stuff and show that like, hey, we're all in this together. Like there is no room for exclusivity. We got to lift each other up if we want the sport to get anywhere. Because if you're facing danger from like, the inside and you're like scared of stuff from the inside when outside pressure comes in you're never going to be able to handle it and so it's like you just got to bring everyone in which i think is the the main message i always want to try and get across and, and never try to be too exclusive with anything yeah i think as as, as much as there is bad things and obviously this sort of connects to what actually the original podcast we were going to speak <laughs> about is obviously the winners and losers of uh, this sort of season but i think a lot of people could follow in the footsteps of the ncaa with sort of that hype around the athletics and sort of the inclusivity like because people like scream like at the dmr people are screaming people are inside of the track like just it seems like a lot more there's a lot more involvement in it and i feel like that's what we need to get to as a sport where i look i personally look at college football and it's like college football in the south is like or in Texas is like literally a religion. People will like close their businesses on Fridays and Saturdays to go to their high school football games and their college football games. And the whole town revolves around it. And it's like, you have, they'll pack, the biggest stadiums in the US aren't these NFL stadiums minus like a handful, but it's these college stadiums. Well, they'll pack 80,000 students and uh, like just fans, like people are ride or die. Like even if they didn't go to the college and they grew up in the town and they'll just all have their cowbells and they're making so much noise. And it's like, that's, that's the dream right there where you get a, a track stadium with 80 to 90,000 people in there just running, people are cheering them on for a four lap race. But that's also another downside with track and field is like it, a lot of it is like for a big meet, like you kind of got to have a lot of races because you're not going to pack that many people there for a four minute, 1500 meter race. And it's like, that's as nice as that might be. And, and maybe in the future, who knows if it will get to a point where that happens, it's not like totally feasible 
just because yeah, I don't know, people aren't going to drive out of their way. Like a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game is like a whole event. It takes three, four hours, even though the game might be an hour. Like there's the warm-ups, there's halftime, there's like intermissions, there's commercial breaks and all this stuff. And so, and then after the game, like you're there, like listening to the people on the court do stuff. But I don't know. I think, I think we're headed in the right direction. And I think there's a lot of bright young people in the sport who are taking notes of, of what these other sports are doing and saying, hey, we need to in, we need to bring this in or we need to take that out and, and plug and play in, in some kind of manner. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things is obviously in many sports, there's a team what loses, there's a team what wins. And it's very obvious to see the mm-hmm. winner and the loser. Whereas in running, someone could come 10th and run a national record. Uh, a European, like Jakob obviously came second. But we we knew in the stands at Monaco what just happened. Jakob just ran a European and he, and he record. He crosses the line with his hands up, but it's like he got second. Why is he celebrating? And it's yeah. like there's so much of a bigger picture to this. And everyone in the stadium, I, I, I'm pretty sure me and Rory were the only ones who reacted like like it was absolutely crazy. I don't think anyone realized what happened. And, yeah, and it's just getting that that knowledge and and having. I mean, a lot of the times in the track and field, one of its biggest downfalls for at least live broadcast, in my opinion, is the announcers. They don't know squat about it. They're just kind of like, oh, they're running. Oh, hip two is passing hip three. Oh, and it's like, <laughs> sorry. And, and so they, uh, it's like with that, but it's like you get someone, like even in these these big friendly meets, uh, like Jeff Merrill, the dude who like is announcing it, like he he knows what's going on. He knows stuff and he's like, okay, it's, it's cool to see that perspective and, and know like, hey, this person, like I know even in the videos, like, or in one of my videos, it's like, okay, you follow like, Cooper or Everett of these guys and let's say Everett for example is running in this race and you, you know that he's had a, a, like he's coming back from injury and he's like been working his butt off and he comes back in this race and sets a season best and you're cheering for him because you know what he's gone through and you can relate to that so what he gets sixth place like he just set a season best and, and you're able to relate to that you know his story and it the more and more people that happens for the more and more and best ever it's going to become. Yeah, and it's it's a very niched fan base, but it's a very strong fan base as well. Very strong, very like, very strong. It's probably one of the strongest out there. Like, it gets yeah, so it's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy. So much hate as well and controversy surrounded with as well. Like, if you do something wrong, you're getting everyone's going to be on you straight. Oh, away. I know, and I I mean I go on, and I mean sometimes like it's always never my intention to like purposefully stir the pot, but like I can't say I don't enjoy it sometimes. Especially if it's like for a good cause and something that needs to be said, like yeah, I want to get people talking about it. And that's like with some of these like who is videos or I did one where it's like being a black fish in front of the US. And it's like that's like a very like a very real truth for a lot of these people. And there was a lot of like the comments, like I knew it was gonna be pretty toxic, but these comments were just like insane. And so I was looking at it just like holy shit, like these people are like just coming left and right and just like clashing. And it was interesting to see something like I know this is like a conversation that needs to be started in a lot of ways and and people are coming in the world like well a lot of the best distance runners in the world are black like Mo Farah, Kipchoge, like Bekele, like Deborah Selassie and it's like okay but that's like they're from Ethiopia and they're not in the U.S. like there was one of the girls in the video was like I'm a like African-American steeplechaser name and I got second at uh, nationals and every other person on the start line from regionals to nationals was white and it's like yeah. that obviously like makes me feel different and it's like me being white it's like that's never something I've had to think of but it's very true for them so it's like I want to be able to like let them share that experience because there are probably a lot of kids who feel the same way at a high school level at a middle school level at a d2 d3 level at a pro level and so they're just like yeah it was just definitely very interesting and I'm, I'm very glad I I did that video even if it did stir the pot in some ways and 
happened with that post I the story I posted of Spencer I did not ex I kind of was just doing that because that's how I felt I was like this is I was like I don't really care who sees this like I just want to get this off my chest and so I posted it and probably like within the 24 hours I'd gotten like 70 DMs of people just I'm just like holy crap like and the look probably like I'd say like nine out of ten at like DMs or so probably like I'd say at least 65 out of the 70 DMs were all like backing it and like yes like that is whack this is like you're saying the right stuff and there's of course the haters who are going to be like ah. like it's just like okay like that's he comes with the territory there's even jesus had haters so like yeah you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do there's a page in the uk called i am or was a runner and mm -hmm. it's probably the most hated thing in the running community <laughs> in the uk because all they post about is like oh these new shoes are the only reason why people get world records and saying like in the 80s we did like 100 miles a week and no one like, yeah, literally, that's literally let's run in a nutshell it's so frustrating because yeah and it's just like dude like there's you're never going to be successful if you're just focused on having hate in your heart and so i mean and but at the end of the day you can't control other people's fate and, and what they're going to think of so you just kind of got to let them be yeah and i think a lot of people tend to get really caught up in it sometimes but i mean to each their own i always pulled the ronix kipruto 10k world record card because he did <laughs> and added ass flats not an x percent so if i'm Everyone goes quiet after that, which is kind of that was a crazy race. It's a good one to keep in your sleeve. The uh, but yeah, uh, I guess let's let's dive into this winners and losers of COVID. I got some uh, some homies that that might want to hop on this in a second. So I, I actually that's the first pe people I wanted to speak about was obviously you guys out in Boulder. Mm -hmm. What what would your what would your summer looked like if we had a normal season and how would have that changed? Do you reckon where you were now? Oh, it would have, I don't think this YouTube thing would have even started for the most part. Cause I mean, I went out there in May just like for fun for like 10 days and then was like, Hey, this is actually like film some, like just was like taking pictures and, and doing some stuff and like started to post some videos and it was like, whatever, like just kind of for like us to, to watch and to see. And I know there was like a few people who probably followed it, but then as it went on, like it just kept growing and I was like, hey, I need to come back out here for a longer time because this is where the money's going to be and this is like where everything's going down. And then even then, like I was, I took like three separate trips out there, probably with like two weeks in between, two, three weeks in between each one, just because I had to come back and take care of some stuff, whether it be online classes or moving into a new house or setting yep. up a bank account, et cetera, et cetera. That's stuff I needed to be in Eugene for. But uh, no, I definitely think that like this rise of, of this was like waited like it was it was supposed to happen now because if you would have asked me even in february what i thought was going to happen i would not have told you this uh so yeah i think that it it was just kind of the perfect time to take advantage of this and everything worked like really well in tangent and, and together and it just kind of took off but and people kind of wanted the they wanted to see what the uh what the sport was about and and all that good stuff uh but yeah essentially just just doing that and uh saying like hey this is like we're kind we were kind of filling that void in a lot of ways so uh yeah i don't think it would have happened and i think if anything it's just setting us on the best foot forward heading into the future because now it's like we did this when there was nothing going on like what are we going to do when there's a lot of stuff going on obviously a lot more and so it's it's just very very cool to to see all that all that stuff uh kind of take place okay perfect i just sent her the the link so we'll get in here get her in here to talk about it um whenever she'll join she'll join uh yeah, i'll keep but, but but yeah no i think 
it was definitely like perfect timing and definitely happened for a reason because there was a lot of times like I know at least in my story personally where I was like like I've kind of been one to like make a splash and kind of start a wave for a while now and just kind of was like just like waiting on it and waiting on it and like being patient and and trusting the process and then eventually it, it I just think it, it had to happen then I think that was like the best possible time for it to happen so just like I said trusting the process and uh I think as well as schedules wise as well you would have never had everyone in boulder at one time oh no no not at all because that's why everyone was there because they didn't have shit else to do and so i think it it just kind of turned into this hotbed and and obviously with the next two years of everything happening in eugene like that's going to be another like time where i mean obviously we'll never be able to recreate what happened this summer we might be able to top it in the future but like what happened in boulder this summer was like something special something i think bigger than all of us uh and just kind of for the the running community in general so yeah, yeah we'll, we're gonna have to come out next year 100 percent. come out to boulder okay here we go oregon as well we're just talking about uh boulder this summer and kind of uh the whole gist of everything and how it everyone was just kind of there and it and it worked out and just what are you what are your guys thoughts on that well everyone was on our turf so it was great I mean, it was nice to meet so many new people and like make long lasting friendships. So I can't really complain, but I had a great time this summer, Ben. How did you have a good time? Uh, I had an amazing time. Uh, I think, no, I mean, I was just saying that I think it, it definitely was like a lot of people were, were waiting for a, a chance or an opportunity to, to kind of get stuff going. And this was more or less like the, in a lot of ways, the perfect time for it because there's not really going to be another time where everyone is out there in that capacity. Like yeah. everyone, like there was just so, there was like what, 60, 70 college kids out there, like five, six, seven, eight, nine different teams, all like that are very competitive and everyone's kind of merging together and, and doing their their stuff and whatnot and doing their thing and just be kind of being able to, to connect and like you said, create these these long lasting friendships. For sure. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how it all worked out because I mean, with COVID, I wasn't yeah, sure. Like it, was, it was not planned at all. No. And then it kind of all just, it happened and it happened fast. And yeah, I can't complain because I had a great summer. So yeah. yeah. And I think too, like, I don't know, it was uh, definitely like with how many people were there it was definitely kind of a something had to be going on bigger than us because no one got COVID, not one person did. And so I think that's like the, and I mean, granted, we we were taking some precautionary things for the record, but also, uh, I mean, with still with that many people there, it's like coming from different corners of the country, it's it's just almost inevitable, but still it never happened. And so it's like, okay, like this was definitely supposed to happen. We were supposed to be here. Like Mm -hmm. this was, this was the time for, for this to go down. For sure. I don't want you to get the conspiracy theorists on here about the COVID thing because so many people from where we are like always say it's not real and everything like that. And no, it's there's just, people in America that say the same thing pretty much. And like it's, it's all like 5G. Have you, heard of, have you heard the 5G conspiracy theories as well? It's, Dude, that's like, that stuff is ridiculous. It's almost just like, how are you able to think that? But it's, it's like, worrying. it's not. It, it's yeah, worrying. it is, those it is people, very worrying. Those people it's can like, vote and those people have jobs. And those like, people can have children and pass those beliefs onto those children. And it's just like that. This is, I don't know. But yeah, I think it was uh, like, it'll be cool. Like I, I had said, I think when we might be able to 
to do something close to it or, or maybe even top it in the, the coming summers and years in, in Eugene with the trials and world championships. But I don't think we'll ever be able to, to do what happened this summer just because it was so much of like, like Emily said, it, it just came together and happened like that. Like you're, it just seemed as if like more and more teams were coming out once they kind of saw like, Hey, there's people out here that are training too and, and having fun. We can, we can, we'll join too. We'll get an Airbnb. And so it would just, and everything there was so spontaneous. Like you would hit me up and be like, Hey, what are you doing for your run tomorrow? Yada, yada. And it's like, I don't know, dude, it's 11 AM. We're not probably going to decide for another 10 hours. Uh, and so just kind of, and then you find out and you just text like a handful of people. And it's like, Hey, tomorrow blank location at blank time, like be there. And then people will show up and, and do the run. And so it was, that was very cool. And it was just, I don't know, the power of the people is something so amazing. And I think that uh, it was awesome to see that that in full effect yeah I think you know obviously coming into the season like obviously our Instagram wasn't really started and then when we started producing content and stuff everyone was like film stuff with Ben Crawford and things like that and at the point we were like who's Ben Crawford literally and now what four months later it's like it's all everyone speaks about is like Cooper ever and just everyone like yeah. it's it's literally taken the whole like running world by storm, which is crazy to think that we're in a sport where someone can have four months of success and sort of be the biggest name like of the whole no, I know. sport. And that's the thing too, is people would people would say stuff like, Oh man, like you really took over yada yada and it's like no, not like in like reality and like in the bigger picture, like not really because you do look at how small the community is and it's like I think that just goes to show too kind of almost how low the bar was set by like all these other like entities and stuff who are just kind of like making content just to make it and do stuff but it's like you come in here with a purpose and like you want to try and create change like you can get somewhere and you can get somewhere fast and then it just makes me very optimistic for the future too in the sense of like okay that was three four months what's going to happen in two years because there's that's basically like cooper everett those guys that's how much eligibility they have left like and i have like probably a year and a half left of school so it's like i'll be here the uh and i know like rachel probably has like a year and a half two years left emily has i don't know she's like well she has a she has all of her eligibility essentially and so it's like what's what's going to happen then and what's going to happen when we really sit down and get serious about this instead of just kind of not that we weren't serious about before but we were just the main goal was just to have fun and it just kind of like i would wake up and, and see these subscribers going up and i would just think this was super normal i was like oh like, i guess like you do just go up a couple of thousand subscribers in a day when you first start your channel and then kind of as I would take like there'd be little lulls in my content where I wouldn't be posting as much I'd look and be like okay that's that was not normal <laughs> like that was definitely something uh bigger at at work and at stake so it's it's just cool to to see and it's, I can't help but feel super excited for the future and like I we were talking about before maybe in uh, the fall we'll get a little uh unattached cross-country road road trip to we're going on and get some races in Eugene, Boulder, Flagstaff, all the all the right places and and have people show their fitness and show that hey I'm still ready to do this. You should make a video in every single state. That would be that'd be something. You gotta gotta save up for the sprinter van first. Yeah. Get the sprinter van to Hawaii might be uh, difficult though. Maybe, maybe. We'll just go up put on a boat. The uh no, I don't know. I think it'd be just it'll be it'll be cool and i think i don't know a lot of people uh the the whole like vibe i guess towards the end was like being able to create something that people like who even aren't there are still able to like feel like they're a part of 
and by kind of like seeing all these different like characters and these these runners who are kind of putting themselves out there and, and being like hey like this is me like for for whatever it's worth and people can relate to that and be like i like i, I want to be out there i want to do this like because last summer we showed up to boulder and it was like very low-key like there was a couple other teams out there who just like would normally go out there and train and so that was fun but this summer was like the summer of boulder and like everyone and their moms was trying to get out there and and put in some miles and get in a video or two but uh and i think that's just the, the awesome part is is being able to be inclusive like that and to kind of tell everyone like hey you're here like welcome come join us not like oh you're here like you're not from here get away from here uh and so and i know Everett kind of took the took the crown as like the uh the self-proclaimed mayor of boulder uh and it's like he's not even not even from there but uh it's it just goes to show like because people would associate him with that and it's i'm sure that probably ruffled some feathers a little bit of like some of the locals who are like i've been here for way longer but it's like you got to put yourself out there and it's it just shows what the the opinion of the people it can stretch for miles it can take you places i wanted to ask all of your guys opinion on that joe like obviously we've got the king of boulder we've got the devil of boulder we've got the simp of boulder i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to know who you actually think who would you all put in that sort of category like who would you say is the king who just says this biggest simp and just things okay. like that. i'll let emily go first i want to hear what she has to say what i have to say actually i'll go first through that uh I'll go, I'll, I'm, I'm saying the real king of Boulder is Mark Wetmore, the Colorado cross-country and track head coach. For all intents and purposes, like, if you're thinking about whoever's coming in and out of the city to run, like, that guy knows who they are, and, and that guy is the most established person there. But I'd say, like, at least within, like, the younger generation, I don't know, everyone points at Joe Klecker, but, like, I'd say maybe, like, people like to call him King Klecker, so I'd say maybe that, or I'd probably say, like, actually Drew Hunter, Drew, Drew or Joe or would probably be the, the two kings just because they kind of have the, the time credentials and the following and such like that. But then I'd say the uh, the queen of Boulder might be Spencer Brown. The, uh, the uh, who the simp of Boulder, obviously, ever. The uh, Cooper can be the jester. I don't know. I'll be the Chamberlain or the page, the messenger. But uh, I don't know. I think it's just, it's interesting to see. Sam Parsons can be the prince. The, uh, but it's, I don't know. I think it's funny how that it's funny how that whole thing kind of evolved into its own its own realm in a lot of ways and people were quick to say like this person or that person and it became like not beef per se, but people would be like, No, I'm the king or I'm the king. Like why does this person keep calling themselves that? And it's it's just it's like I said, became something bigger than itself. I think I realized that what was going on this summer became like bigger than what I actually expected when you started making content that was like more sit down videos. And I was like, wait, there's a bigger purpose here. Like there's something, there's something bigger definitely going on behind the scenes. Cause I mean, you can, you can look at running videos and be like, yeah, well that impacted me for maybe a day. But then you'll look at these sit down videos with Brie Oakley. And you're like, wow, that really hit home, especially for like high school athletes and female runners. Like, that was big, definitely on the channel. And I mean, we can talk about the King and Sims of Boulder all day, but at the end of the day, I know there's a bigger hand in this. And I know that those sit down videos really, really impacted people. So I definitely see the bigger hand in, in this process for sure. Yeah, and I think too, like, I don't know, those like, because those like type of videos, like I was never really my intention coming into the summer was just like kind of to have fun and do this. But then as I was there and 
it just kind of presented itself in a lot of ways where it was like, okay, like I can make these and still do this. People are going to watch them. And granted, the views haven't been like as high as some of the other ones, but it's like, that's kind of completely out the window for me. Like, I don't really care about that because I know it's like, okay, if this only gets 5,000 views, but it impacts a thousand people, like that's a hundred times greater than getting a hundred thousand views and having people just be like, oh, cool. That made me want to go for a run today. Like, I don't know. I think it's like just looking at the bigger picture and kind of what everything has become and transformed itself into. I think that's a big thing we looked at as well. Is like you can always clickbait a video or like post a, a photo what like suits the algorithm and get loads of likes and like views and stuff. But at the end of the day, how many people are you actually impacting and how many people are actually going to remember that video in a week's and, time? Yeah, and how how is that? How is making some clickbait like I injured my what on my run? Like question mark, like hash like parentheses emotional. And it's like that with some like super like color coordinated thumbnail uh and some like dslr picture but it's like that might get the most views but that's not going to impact or change the running community whatsoever it's if anything it probably is just going to set it back so it just kind of creates that shallow content of, of being in it for the views and being in it for not the the greater purpose and trying to be that that vessel for change yeah 100 percent. i think we might start just just posting like actual content joe rather than like pictures of kipchoge all the time we might actually stop posting literally just content what's actually valuable in some way or shape or form no, and i think i think what you guys are doing is is very valuable in the sense of like i don't know just i know like a lot of people around here like know what you guys are doing and, and how you're creating that that news outlet and and kind of posting stuff and and being that that like hey like you don't have to go to flow track you can go to tracks then you can get the same stuff but with a more like for free and with more of a uh, kind of modern like you just it feels like more like I don't want to say like it feels like you're at home but it it just feels like a lot more genuine and not like it's pushed by this big corporation that's like trying to get your money from you yeah. they're trying they're trying to get your attention like you guys are just trying to like get the attention and get the the news and the you know the the facts out there and you're trying to help like you guys always post that stuff where it's like you do like you're feeling injured like do these stretches like this is what you need to do for your core routine yada yada and it's okay that's going to help a lot of runners they're going to see that and they're going to be like okay i'm going to do this and like in the long run that'll make them better and it'll just benefit the sport in a multitude of ways i think we need a few more people on board as well because obviously we try to do our best to post everything we can but like especially like we obviously want to post equal men and women's content but from a women we're not like as knowledge like not knowledgeable enough on the women's side of things oh, I definitely to be able to, feel that. to post yeah. about like obviously we know like the major girl like Hassan we've got like I guess we've sort of educated ourselves more as time's gone on but we sort of need someone to like have content what's like very inclusive of everyone type of thing mm -hmm. and also as well like on the article side of thing the news side of things so we're, I think we're going to look for like people to sort of get involved to like help out and stuff Oh, I know. And, and, then, and all it really takes is just like a simple story post because I'm sure like, and you can't take everyone on board that DMs you, but like, I'm sure there'll be a handful of people who like actually have like solid credentials and are like, hey, I've written for like this, this blog or this company before I had experience doing this. I said, okay, like, perfect. That's what we need. Like, and you gotta, you gotta find people too that'll treat it like it's their baby. Like you and Rory obviously treat it because it, it is, but it's, uh, you don't want someone to come in and just be like, half-assing it per se like because you want it to be especially in the growing stages it has to be like tip top like you got to be on your on your p's and q's and making that the content that's like the best you can do you can't there's not really any room for slacking unless it's our youtube channel 
then there's plenty of room for slacking. <laughs> I, I liked Monaco vlog. I like that. It was a. Uh, I mean, I didn't even watch the the race because I don't even. I don't know. I just didn't sit down and watch it, but I watched the vlog and I was like, yeah, I like it. It's no. We need to improve on that. It's it's hard to do YouTube when you don't actually have personalities, which I think no, everyone has. Everyone has a personality, and everyone can relate to it. It's just all about being uh, open and, and showing your story and and being relatable and and telling. Telling, telling your truths because chances are most other people are going to have those same truths. Yeah. It's, it's not as uh, complicated as, as one might make it seem. It's just about just being real and, and genuine because that's at the end of the day, it's what people relate to because everyone is human. Yeah. That's I mean, sorry. No, sorry. Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> For me, it was easy to tell my story, especially when Ben was on the other side of the camera because it was like I was talking to a friend and not to a camera. So, I feel like when you're making content, um, you just have to be like super relatable. But when you're talking to the person on the other side of the camera instead of the camera, that's when you know the story kind of flows, and that's what happened with with me in that situation for sure. That that's sort of like the question I was about to ask was like, how is it how is it like transitioning from like having a normal conversation and showing your personality off camera compared to having a conversation on camera and like for all of you how different is it obviously for you ben it's different because obviously you're filming most of the time but yeah what are sort of like the dynamics and like how did it change if at all um i mean i feel like i'm i'm lucky enough or i'm fortunate enough where i'm in a position where it's like i know a good amount of these runners like outside of the sport so i'm just like kind of friends with them and it just naturally flows but even so like for people i'll just meet like i come in and i mean i'll just be as genuine as possible and be like hey like you don't like have to try and like act a certain type of way just like be you and people will understand that and they'll like respect that and they'll relate to it and it's just about you know like being sharing your truths and not being afraid to do that and always tell them to like we can do as many takes as you need if you don't feel like you like had a point come across as well as you would have liked to like we can do it again like just talk and i'll work my editing magic and i'll i'll do all that stuff i'll make sure it looks good in, in post-production but as long as you just like give me the what give me stuff to work with like we'll be fine and when you're surrounded by all of your friends, you don't really have to do double takes, honestly. I mean, everything you see on camera is 100% me. I'm not gonna change myself in front of the camera at all. So, I mean, and when you're surrounded with like friends like Rachel and Ben, it's just, it's so easy. Everything's easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's nice when it's like natural because that's obviously the best content as well, isn't it? Sort yeah. of where it is actually what's going on rather than like sort of like a, blurred like view of things really yeah that's kind of a, people trying to trying to fake it to make it and, and be like oh like i'm not good enough for this like i have to put on like this this mask or this persona and it's like no like you are like you're like being real is what the people want to see like they want to see the ups and downs because everyone goes through them everyone can relate to it it's not taboo in any sort of way yeah i think i think the main problem in row you've had is like when obviously when you're getting filmed or you're being filmed by someone else you don't oh, yeah. see yourself on camera at the same time <laughs> Whereas yeah. we're like vlogging, looking into a camera, seeing yeah. ourselves back. And it's like, you, you just tend to act like a little bit, like no matter who it is, no matter who else is in the room, like it's just, you're going to act a little bit different when you're on camera, just because you have that thought in the back of your mind of like, okay, a hell of people are going to see this. And so, I don't know, that's one thing too. It's like, I'll try and like have the camera filming, but like also be there, like listening to the person and being like, like as if they're just talking to me, but this camera's there and just kind of like genuinely like reacting to certain things they'll say and like 
or I'll talk to them like as if it's a conversation, but then just cut that part out. Like they'll be like, oh yeah, like I had this, this, and this happened. I'm just like, dang, like really, I didn't know that. And then we'll like go on some little like two minute tangent, and then I'll just cut that out and cut back into the the regular stuff. Yeah. I kind of liked the whole mask situation as well because Joe, when you're having photos or being videoed, it's like just that. So you don't have to worry oh, yeah. about you don't have to yeah. worry about what you look like. You don't have to like we had a photo with like Craig and Carson Wallholm, and we didn't even have to smile because our masks, our face were covered. Exactly. So just, no, it works some favors, man. It does. Yeah. I hate no. photos so much. Oh no, dude, you're telling me, man. Oh, ooh, ooh. The uh, but no, we I was filming a podcast with Avery Bartlett the other day. And I'm like, I'm in the kit. I'm like sitting where they are in their kitchen because I was staying with them in Boulder. And I, we're just like 40 minutes into this podcast. And and she walks in, Emily walks in. They're just like, what up, foo? Like, just like super loud. And then I'm just like, and then she realizes I'm on the podcast. She's like, fuck. And just like, oh. and I'm just like, I'm just laughing my ass off. And it's so funny. Like, obviously it'll get cut out of the podcast, but it was just like, I don't know. I just had to bring that up because the phone went off and I thought it was funny. But uh, yeah, sorry Mom's to be dirty. I'm almost tempted to make like an outtakes of like all the podcast episodes in one go. Like oh, just yeah. add everything in. Like like Joe the Jordan Guzman podcast would have oh, like yeah. an extra two hours of just. Oh yeah, dude. That podcast was like, I was listening to it and I was like, this is, I was like, I'm only like, there's still an hour left of this. Holy shit. But like, it was such a good podcast where it's like, I just genuinely enjoyed him. Like hearing you guys like just have a conversation in it. It didn't feel like a podcast type setting. Yeah. If we uh, also didn't accidentally leave some of the bits of your podcast in we would have had some uh, takes on that as well but hey no I, it's my I, don't bad think, I, don't, I don't think i don't think certain people listen to listen to all of it so it's okay but uh i know um for some things like i know like when i first talked on the, that first podcast i did with you and rory like it's like we just jumped into a conversation and it's just like a genuine connection and it didn't feel like any type of like i was either like like either of us were like talking down or talking up to anybody and it was just like it was just like it should be like just a genuine conversation i was like okay like i like these guys like i fuck with them they're like we have a lot of the same like vision type stuff like we're on the same page on stuff and so it was just just like very natural which i think you guys and all the pod podcasts that you guys have done i've listened to it's it's always come across as supernatural and as not supernatural as in like extraterrestrial but just like supernatural as in uh like just very like real and very uh genuine which i think is is something that's hard to come by yeah, it's, it's been hard to do that as well because Rory's normally the one who who likes talking and I'm normally mm -hmm. the one who just sits back and just lets, lets the conversation go on. So I, I'm finding it difficult. You're like, I did a podcast yesterday with like a brand. and it's, It wasn't like a brand deal, but we're talking about a product and I just found it so hard to actually have a conversation. It, it turned out well, but I felt so like intimidated by like, you like getting the things like right and like making sure everything's sort of no, I know how it, it should be. And making sure you're you're saying the right things and coming across coming correct, and so but no, and I think I've always kind of discovered that it's like the less I I worry about that and the more I just come kind of like let it flow, the better it comes across. Yeah. And so no, like I was I tried to film my my who is Ben Crawford video the other day, and after like an hour of it, I was just like screw this, I'm filming another day because I was just getting so caught up in like oh I forgot to say this or I forgot to say that. And it's like, that's like not what it should be about. Like I genuinely need to do it in like one or two takes where I just say what's like, say what's real and not try and like throw certain things in or make it sound like, oh, I need to like add this in so it sounds better. Like it just needs to be like, people can think about it whatever they want. As long as I'm like sharing my truths, it's okay. Yeah. Obviously I asked you this early on the, early on the podcast, but since we've got more people on the podcast right now, I thought I'd share the question. Like what are your guys' plans for like the rest of 2020 and sort of, the whole 
coronavirus situation like how do you expect the rest of 2020 to pan out I mean right now I think we're just focused on training and our coaches are are also very focused on I don't know the track season coming up and Rachel and I have I mean we've been training a lot together so I mean I guess it's just nice to live with your training partner and your teammates and knowing that I mean the rest of 2020 we might not even race so um right now now we're just focusing on 2021 I guess so I mean yeah that's the plan but what would you say I'm hoping that there's going to be some track races in the spring or I don't really know what's going to go on cross country there's been like some weird ideas during the year so should cross country happen eventually like obviously we would stick with that but I'm banking on track races happening and um qualifying for stuff obviously 2021 is going to be a big year hopefully so I would love to shift the focus to that but it's hard to say it's sort of strange isn't it because like you don't want to like train too hard because then you don't want to like peak for no reason like before the season starts but then also you don't want to like hear that there's a race in two weeks time and then not be ready for it kind of thing so it's, yeah. it's sort of a hard balance isn't it I'd say we have really good um a good foundation right now like it's it's good that we're building up mileage and stuff and still working really hard, but we're also being smart. And if we need a break, we can take a break because we know there's not races right now. So I think we're both in a really good physical space and mental space. If something comes up, obviously it's going to be announced beforehand. So we know like, oh, let's take a break now so we can then pick it back up or, oh, let's, you know, taper, let's get ready to race. So I think whatever is thrown, we're kind of in a really good zone right now, fitness wise, um, to kind of handle that. Yeah, I think being at altitude definitely helps as well. Sort of seems to be like the holy grail, especially in Boulder. Like the, the amount of people who are out there all the time, it's just crazy to see. Like, I think like a lot of teams from the East Coast have been out here, which for me, being from the East Coast, has been kind of weird to see. Yeah, I yeah. know. Like, at least like whenever we would, I'd go to the track with like Cooper and Everett. Like, it'd be very common to see like one or two other teams there, like just randomly at the same time as you granted because it, it would get pretty hot in the afternoon so most people would be at the track 7 38 a.m but you'll see like two east coast track like the hoka uh new york new jersey club would be out there and that was like kind of weird to see them out there uh especially as professionals like you just you would expect them to kind of be hunkered down in one spot but then you'd also see like the north carolina state team or like i don't know uh some some runners from university of columbia or like other other schools back east and it's like i had no idea you guys were here there was there was one instance too where University of Penn, Pennsylvania, uh, we were we have a me and Cooper and, and Everett know this this one kid named Ryan Rankin who ran in Californian uh, high school with us and he's a super nice guy but we were on a run one day uh, and we're driving back to like this I had picked him up when they finished it was just like an out run it was not even an out and back and we see these guys running and I'm like yo dude that looks like Ryan Rankin and they're like you think and we stop and it's like why what are you guys like almost like what are you guys doing out here too like what and then we ended up doing a couple runs with them like hanging out with them like on the side like it was just super cool super random that just that it happened but i think that speaks to the testament of like how many people were out there and how it was kind of like this mecca in a lot of ways yeah you're just gonna see me and rory running on long mags like next year know. we're not gonna I tell you're gonna be out there you'll be running with us yeah we'll, we'll just surprise you turn up for like on a long run like that high school did and Seriously. just see how long it takes you to notice <laughs> that we're actually there with the amount of people that will be there. 
no yeah exactly there's like 50 people or like i'd be showing like someone the video and they'd be like oh like dude that guy's out here too and i'm like i don't even know who that dude was i just thought he was with these other people and they're like no dude he's from like blank like i used to race against him when i went to this college and i was like what like that's crazy but it's just it's very cool to see that i don't know it's people like and like you said earlier, my community is so small and so niche, but also so tight knit where it's like everyone kind of knows everybody. And even if you don't know them, you have mutual friends. So it's like, you know them in a sense. It's like, oh, you know so-and-so, like, okay, you're cool. Like, what's up? Come hang out with us. Come run with us. Yeah, I think it's cool as well that the whole, like, social media community of, like, the athletics was all in one place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was, like, you know Joe Hale. Yeah. How, how, like, and he's, like, filming Tin Man, but then he's also, like, knows you. And then I saw a picture of you and Cole, like, you had Cole Sprout on your, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like crazy how we spoke to Cole and then we like saw your YouTube and it was like, wait, they've spent time together. It's sort of like everyone you see who like props up out of nowhere is also part of like a group, which is yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. They're part of like the, the, the bigger picture in a lot of sense. And you're just kind of like dragging people in and pulling them in. And like with Joe Hale, like, I mean, I've known, like I've just been friendly with him through social media for probably like a year or two. Uh, just because we're both kind of like do media stuff and are, are in that lane. And so when I found out he was out here, I was like, yeah, let's hang out and stuff. And then obviously it just like clicked really well. And it's like, I want him to come along with me and do this stuff. And I'd be filming some like other videos and I would bring him with me just because it's like, why not? Like I'll, it's just another opportunity for like, if I was in his shoes, I'd want someone to do the same thing to me. Yeah. And so, and then you just end up creating friendships out of that. And it goes so far beyond the sport which is very cool. And then the Cole Sprout thing is so interesting because I had posted the story of this, <laughs> so ridiculous, of this kid on the Colorado team named Deshaun Harrison, who's like, just like the sweetest little kid ever. Uh, I had posted a picture of him and then on my story and Cole Sprout had swiped up. And it's like, I had never really known Cole. Like we just like, I, we were just like friends on Snapchat and like we'd follow each other. And he replied to it. And then I uh, like replied, I was like, hey, we're doing a time trial in like two days. Do you want to come pace? And she's just like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? And so he came up and, and paced it and was like in that video and and then just like came and hung out with us and we're just like, okay, like that's like, this was like supposed to happen. Like this was cool. Like he's, and he's going to be, I, been, I think he's going to be like a, a superstar. Like he already is like a cut above the rest, but I just think he's going to be like an NCAA champion. I think he'll be an Olympian. That kid's something else. But uh, it's it was just cool to, to kind of have those connections and, and like also the running world being so small. It's like, you kind of, even if you don't know somebody, you know them, you've seen them around, you've seen their Instagram, you probably follow them. And so it's just all about bringing everyone together and, and lifting them up. Yeah, you need to do something with Charles Hicks as well. Oh yeah, I, no, I that's, that guy. I, that's, on, that's on my to-do list for sure. I know, I listened to the podcast you guys did with him as well. And it, it was cool. I mean, if I would have not known he ran for Great Britain, I would have never guessed by his voice because that kid does not have any like of an accent. So strange, isn't it? Like he's, oh, he's accent. How long for how long he had like lived in, in Great Britain for like he'd gone up through grade eight. So it's like, I don't know if that's, that's what you guys refer to it as like grade eight, grade nine, grade 10 in, in Great Britain. Right. Yeah. We, we call it year eight, year nine, year 10, but yeah, yeah it's okay, basically okay. the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, he had, he had been like living there for over for 11, 12, 13 years and then comes in been living in America for probably like four or five and just the accent's gone. But it it's, uh, I know, but it's, it's, cool to see and it was cool to see you guys kind of connect on that level because you guys kind of have great britain on on lock and in that aspect and all that and it's i mean there i was talking about this with some other guys last night it's there the 1500 at at british champs is going to be insane like it's so deep you don't know how uh, depressing it is 
being <laughs> someone who's trying to make it into those championships and seeing all these guys run those yeah, times. It's just so ridiculous. Like the level of competition out there is great. And I think that it's, I mean, if anything, it's on par, if not surpassed the American level, which is, is always nice to see like just some competition. I think you guys have so many, like, the amount of athletes who are in like a certain time range is ridiculous. Yeah, it's just it's so like you guys might have like a better top five, but the US is just so like from five to thirty, it's just like right there, like a couple seconds separate everyone. It's like running like you run three thirty nine in in Britain, it's like okay, you might make the the final. I'm not too sure. I don't want to say a number that's like completely out of the range and have you be like, bro, you would never make the final. But uh, like you run a certain time there, but it's like in, in the US, it's you got. 20 other guys running that exact same time and it's whoever has the fastest tenth of a second is gonna gonna advance which yeah. is a little bit depressing for some people if they're 339.7 and you got to run 335 or 339.2 but it's like at the end of the day it's that competition is just going to drive the sport even higher yeah 100 r800 is crazy it's like max bergen he's around 144 now he's 18 years old around 144 by himself it's just ridiculous like That's he's crazy. And he could go up to the fifteen hundred and probably run like three forty as well, like sub three forty. So he's just, he's yeah, yeah. Still got a lot of a lot of range, a lot of time left to to grow and develop. Yeah, he's someone who the original um, idea of this podcast is definitely he's definitely a winner of this season because um, mm-hmm. next year he could probably make the Olympics now, and before yeah. he he wouldn't have had enough time to make the Olympics this year. So it's great. Like he's definitely yeah. had success in like he'll be able to make the Olympics when he's nineteen, which yeah. is. I'd say another winner of I'd say winners of this the, the COVID season would definitely be like I don't know there's a, definitely a lot of college kids who have emerged from this very fit and have kind of had time to let their nagging injuries like heal and stuff and not have to try and jump back into things like while they're probably like 75 80 percent healthy and risk that 20 percent like I might get injured again and said so they've kind of had the time to let it fully heal and and recuperate and and then go back in and pedal to the metal get fit again but also i'd say i don't know there were some some losers would be people that obviously like at the start for the ncaa indoors i'd say anyone who was slated to compete at that race definitely came out a loser at least for a short time period uh because they were obviously very very fit and didn't have an opportunity to to prove their fitness against the best when they literally flew out to albuquerque new mexico and the race was called off the day before so it's like i I totally get uh, kind of viewing that as what might be a, a loser, but like in some aspects like Cooper where he was, could have been a, a top three, top two finisher at a national meet, but then it's like he, he moved on past that and just got very fitting and now is, is geared up for whatever is ready to come his way. But uh, also I would say this might be a little out of pocket, but losers of the COVID season, probably the elderly and at-risk groups, um, as it is still a national pandemic. But uh, yeah, winners, definitely the younger people. Um, I'm sure there's probably some people of age too who are uh, coming out winners as well. But I'm trying to think. Donald Trump, definitely coming out a, a loser of the COVID season. Uh, I think that's pretty well to say. Um, what, are you coming across as a winner, Emily? No, I'm definitely a loser. I lost another season of eligibility, so. Uh, well, you're probably going to get it back, aren't you? I hope so. I mean, Unless words on the street. Yeah, I, I heard that they what are the might. Saying? To <laughs> the spring. But there's a lot of weird options. Up there. There's a lot of stuff going on here, so <laughs> I couldn't tell you for sure. But How does the eligibility work, though? Because I don't have a clue. Like, it makes zero sense to me. 
what happens? Well, as of now, they're granting back the what the outdoor season to everyone. I don't. Do they give back indoor? I don't really know. I don't know. No, so they're giving everyone an extra season of outdoor. Um, those who got it canceled, but that doesn't ensure that like your college is going to pay for that or that anything's going to be funded again. It's just like, oh, you have the season of eligibility, which for instance, in my case, that would give me six years here. Well, not six years here, obviously, but a sixth year um, to serve in college, which for one season, I don't know if that's necessarily worth it, but that's kind of how it's working. Yeah. I'm pretty sure here we literally, for as long as you're at university, you have like, you can compete at anything. But I'm not sure we have that eligibility. Like you can be like 32 years old and be doing a master's. I mean, you can be 32 and compete for BYU, but the, uh, that's a, because BYU, I mean, it's uh, obviously like a very Mormon based school. And so a lot of those guys would take their missions and they won't like be enrolled or like able to compete. So it's, they'll come back and be 23 years old and a freshman. And then by the time they graduate, it's there a lot older. And that's kind of like a, a nag for a lot of uh, people who, who don't go down that path or, or choose to, or aren't Mormon. And they're just like, I'm competing against a 26 year old college junior who still has another year of eligibility left and has a wife and two kids. Like, well, don't, don't say that in front of Rory because he might be coming to America. He might be going to Portland next year. So. Okay. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's still like, we have like Charlie Hunter, the guy who uh, was in our house, like he was 22 years old and a freshman eligibility wise. Cause he came over from Australia and had taken two years off at, at from university. And so, uh, it's like he'll be like James. James West is an old man. He's like 25 years old, and he still has a full another year. Really? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like yeah. It's like a, a running joke between a lot of the people in Eugene. James West is an old man, uh, just because he still has so much eligibility left. It seems to never run out for him, and he just keeps getting older and older. And so it's like James, you gotta, you gotta win. <laughs> but uh, no, I think I mean, he's he's fast. But and if he doesn't end up doing finishing what he wants to do way he'll go pro that guy can get a contract easily so he almost got yeah. to monaco didn't he um i'm yeah, not sure if yeah, i was supposed yeah, to say that actually but no i think yeah i don't know he I almost you, but uh you're allowed to say that aren't you is, is it common knowledge i don't i don't know how it all works like lawful wise if you're allowed to say inside yeah. knowledge because obviously yeah. any, any diamond league people watching this we didn't know the uh <laughs> i was just assuming that i i i don't know i'm just guessing that he must yeah. have been close obviously yeah, because he's fast enough. But but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Another winner of the, the coronavirus, a loser, big loser of the coronavirus, definitely uh, the NCAA as an organization because they've just kind of been exposed uh, for a lot of their flaws and, and a lot of stuff like that. And but yeah, maybe they'll come out as a winner uh, in the in the future. I don't know, but yeah, I definitely think this is just a very unprecedented time in our world history and it's been cool to see certain like groups kind of take advantage of it and not let it get them down and kind of say like you got to deal with the circumstances you can't just wake up and be nah coronavirus like you got to do what you got to do now we're back with the boys got cooper intense Fortnite sesh Fortnite. night <laughs> man these guys are addicted i was addicted to Fortnite, but then i somehow got out of playing it and now i just play warzone all the day okay so what's that new game called fall guys yeah fall guys yes <laughs> yes i like how yeah you just got to say that new game but no that one i don't know someone was like hey bro log on to my stream i'm about to stream and i was like what a game yeah, is this i, think they're in I watched fall it and i was like this is the most like simple game of all time but i see why it's popular 
Yeah, it, right. it does look like it always happens that though, like the out of nowhere game, what shouldn't actually be popular, just like Flappy Bird. Can you remember yes. that? that? That just never yeah. should have been popular at all. Yeah. Everett's just getting ready right now to upload a little YouTube oh, video. Oh, I'm really going to start editing it. Oh, just kidding. He's going to start editing it. Yeah, I got, got the boy on the grind. We need to get on that grind as well, me and Rory. He's, he's going to university next month, so hopefully we can start actually filming stuff what's not absolutely tragic. Where is he, where is he going to? Uh, he's going to Loughborough for a year, and then I'm not sure what he's doing after that. Wait, where he is might, he going for a year? Uh, Loughborough. Okay. Is that a school in the UK? Yeah, yeah. It's like the like the only one what's actually sports like orientated. That's okay. the only one that cares about sports. But yeah, Ev, who do you think the, the winners and losers were the, the coronavirus season? That one? Losers, obviously, the guys that were at NCAAs. Like that motherfucker right there. And then the winners were, I guess, people who didn't qualify or people who were injured. People who were injured, for sure. Because, like, they automatically lose the season. And then they get it back, but yeah. Uh, not, if you, not if you're always hurt and you already had a hurt season that's true yeah, everyone? at the end of the day everyone loses because that means no one can fucking run can i uh take that choke joke yeah. i think uh cooper was one of the winners actually to be honest he's, he's developed his brand and he's gonna get like a sippy cup deal like coming <laughs> very soon you <laughs> said you're one of the winners of the virus or the coronavirus you get a sippy cup deal let's go <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i definitely i definitely think all of us were we got very fortunate in, in that we were able to to capitalize off of it but i don't know i think that like i said it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening as uh there actually are races and this sport goes back to normal because it's like if we were able to do this with nothing happening like what will we be able to do when stuff happens yeah and it'll just kind of like give us that little extra boost that we need but uh no i don't know i think what was your opinion on Boulder this summer, Everett? Best summer of our lives. There's a launch right here yeah. if you want to launch on it. Every summer that we – well, we've only gone out there two summers, but every time we go, it's just it's better and better. Yeah, like, well, like I was I was telling about last summer, like it was like there was not many people out there, but this year was like everyone, I guess, kind of saw us out there or saw people out there and were just like, oh, I'll go too. And it just slowly built up over time and – like to the point where, like I was telling, we saw Ryan Rankin on that one run. Yeah, there was like we had everyone like, and their moms was there. Yeah, like you, there were people you had forgot even existed, and you're just like, oh, dude, you're out here too. Like, what? I, I bet, I bet some of the Tim Man guys hated that. I'm sure they hated that. Like everyone just showing up and getting more views than them and stuff. Oh no, literally. They yeah. were, keep keep that in. <laughs> That's what makes fucking no. They uh, yeah. podcast more fun to watch when you start. Talking the real shit first. Now, now yeah. I'll keep it. I'll keep it. Yeah, it's uh, up so to you. But they, uh, what I know, like for them, like there was one, like oh, this is off the record, but they, uh, we saw them on a run one time, and they, Sam was like, "So when are we gonna collab?" And I was like, "Whenever you guys want." Like, what day works best? And he's like, "Oh, like let's do Thursday." So okay, text us the night before, and it's like, "Oh, like we have to cancel yada yada." Do you guys have match? So we end up doing a run with like. Cam Griffith, like Joey Barriatua, and uh, uh, Jeff Feast, and like Everett and Jeff went to like college together, so they know each other. And like Joey, like Joey's from California too, so like me and Cooper know him, and we had hung out with them before. And we just ended up like just talking like mad shit, and like went out and got breakfast with them afterwards. And we were just like, man, like low key, thank God. And so we're like, yeah, everything works out for uh, for the best, I guess. But no, it was 
definitely like there they were like boulders kind of been their ground for such a long time and then it's like we came up and I guess kind of like challenged that and like all respect to them and in, in every aspect but it was just interesting to I'm sure they they definitely had some some choice thoughts on it and were like dang like these guys are, are coming in here now and like this land that we got owned, and, guys shooting. and same with I mean Everett made himself at home in Boulder and <laughs> he sent there's this one uh, he commented on on Ollie Horse post like a couple weeks ago when he was going to a race and Everett was like best of luck like sending you the best wishes from Colorado like X and uh he uh <laughs> Joe Klecker commented back and like Joe Klecker is just like a real like serious like he's not gonna like go out of his way to do stuff and he just come and he's like thanks and uh and it was just like that was just like him throwing like as much shade as he could throw and so it was just it was just funny and I mean we never saw any of those guys like we never did anything with any of those guys while we were there I'm fine I'm but fine. I know like we didn't need to like it because there was enough other people there and we had kind of I guess made it our temporary home and our temporary base our HQ per se and just kind of like you guys pretty much run bald and all then so <laughs> Like we're only talking about getting that PO box set up. Just put as addressed people send it to just put Boulder, and then yeah, exactly. they'll somehow find a way to get there. Exactly, they'll find us. Uh, but no, they. Uh, yeah, it should be. It was definitely interesting, and I'm sure they're probably happy now that it's like it can go back to normal per se. But I don't think it'll ever go back to normal. I think like what happened this summer will like change it for the better and for for the long term. Like it'll be be this place now where people want to go and. Like I was saying, maybe we'll get some some cross unattached cross races this fall. Oh, Eugene Boulder Flagstaff, all that good stuff. And I think if if anyone there is kind of being like, "Hey, we don't want you guys here," like this is our spot. It's like, like I said, there's no room for exclusivity in the sport at all. It's just all about lifting each other up. And I think a lot of those guys tend to be very exclusive. Yeah, but it's all about you gotta you gotta change. And if they want to come along, they can come along. And if they don't, then that ship has sailed. Out of interest, oh, wow. have you had any like quite big beef like while you're out there or any like issues? Noah Drotti. I don't know if you know who that is. He's like this this runner. He was like a pro runner. He runs for this I think he runs for Saucony. And he was uh he was absolutely shitting on us for not wearing masks on this one run. Just like went in on Twitter and was just like, I wish all these college YouTubers like get injured so they can leave Boulder and all this stuff. And was just like going, we're just like, dude, whatever. Like we're living rent free in his head. It is what it is. But uh, no. we saw him like two days later on a run with Will Lear, and wait, we had all like kind of been like, screw this, we'll wear masks just so, like people don't get mad at us, like the little like gator, like bandanas. We see him and, and Will Lear running by, and neither of them are wearing masks, and we're just like, oh shit, like look who it is. And then he got on Twitter like right afterwards and basically just like publicly shamed himself so we couldn't come on and roast okay. him in any of the videos. But it was just funny, and then his group like went out and, and was just talking like mad shit on us too for That's having a bigger group and was like saying that the sheriff was talking to them like that we were breaking these laws and I was like okay like I knew we weren't breaking any specific laws so I like went onto the county website and like tried to find this uh like any information where it like basically like confirmed what they were saying in these dms and then there wasn't anything so I was, like responded to it and I was like yo like there's nothing here like that you guys like we're not talking to this like the sheriff did not say that yeah. like all this stuff and they're just kind of trying to be on their their high horse and getting past us but it's like that's just gonna like like you're not gonna shake us like it is like it is what it is like yeah we might have been able to do some things better but at the end of the day it's not like we're like killing anybody like yeah. we're just, we're just some kids out here running i think i'm gonna be on their side on that because i kind of like Sakoni at the minute 
that some of that gear is great. Oh, dude, when, so. I, when, I ran, when I ran, I ran in Sockney. Honestly, their new shoes are insane. Like the endorphin ones are ridiculous. That's what Emily Covert runs in, actually. She's a big Sockney gal. But I know, uh, yeah. Everett's editing his video with Spencer Brown right now. Oh, exclusive preview. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was it? man. Was that the one he was that similar to the one he posted the other day with his uh, uh yeah, like the, the did he post it the other day? Who's Spencer? Yeah, his his time trial and then he like announced that he was signed with Brooks. But this one is like from a workout a, a few days prior. Like I had taken some I just showed up to take some pictures and, and do some filming not, forever, but did you see Flowtrack yeah. used one of Spencer's photos? Really? Yeah, and I messaged him like saying copyright them right now and it's behind a paywall as well. Oh really? That's is it on uh, their oh, website or on? Yeah, their check their Twitter. Check their Twitter. Okay. They definitely oh, did. Uh... I actually know that. Yeah. Thanks. This one. Yeah. This tweet. Yeah. And it's behind the paywall. Them. Look at that. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> and they posted something to uh, just like a reply on Twitter, and it was on let a Let's Run thread, and it's like. Cheap media exposure, and they didn't, and they ditch him in a year. Nice. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He'll he'll join our dream team in no time. Yeah. That yeah. needs to get sorted up. That'd be sick. You just have like, would you? Do you reckon you'd be with a brand, or do you reckon it'd be like just? Uh, I my idea for it is like just get. I mean, who knows how much we'll grow in two years? So it's like by the time we we get there like get companies from outside of the sport to throw us money and like just nascar the shit out of the singlets like just sell out all these like brand deals and it's like kind of give the middle finger to these shoe companies and and like have these guys wear whatever shoes they feel most comfortable training it do you know know what i think would work so well would be the sleeveless t-shirts oh dude that'd be so sick or like (laughs) yeah literally the everett special the uh just not even ripped off, just like very shittily cut too. Yeah. The, uh, no, that would be that'd be funnier. Like I always thought it was funny. Like you know, what, like a wife beater tank top is just like the tight. Like that's what they call them in America or like slang for it. But just like the yeah, cotton yeah. ones you can get at Target yeah, or yeah. Walmart, and just like do that and, and write in on it in Sharpie. We had a like my on my team in high school. We like had some kid like wore one and like just wrote like our school name on it. And was just like New Varsity Singlets Boys. Like it was so funny. But uh, yeah, I think that could be, I don't know. I think just getting money from, or my main thing would just be to not tie down to a single shoe company and get money from other places. And, and if they do want to throw us money, like a Nike or an Adidas or something, and like make our kits, like keep it somewhere in the thing where it's like, hey, like we're not exclusive to you guys. Like we can have different people in this group that are signed with on different levels, like maybe let's say Cooper or something signs a Nike deal, but also we could have like Everett signed a Hoka deal yeah. or something. It's like, they can still train in the same group and not have to be like a part of these like Bowerman, Oregon track club, Pete Julian group where it's all only like strictly Nike athletes. So yeah. I was I think quite that surprised. Could, Joe with yeah, Tracklandia when um, like Brooks came on and like added us and stuff. I was shocked at that. I thought Nike were going to be like, mm-hmm. you know, I was, have I was Nike athletes. too. And I, I think it's I think it's good though because it's like I mean those guys usually the Nike people usually only race against each other, but I think it it got to a point where it was like other people saw and were just like hey we want to run too like we're fit let's do it and they're just like come on in but uh yeah I don't know I think yeah because Portland track usually is pretty dominated by Nike in that aspect yeah 
Yeah, 100%. Well, obviously, like, Oregon's just... It's, it'd be yeah, stupid yeah. any other brands try and do anything in Oregon. Because <laughs> it's literally like the home of Nike, isn't it? Nike, yeah. sorry. I always say that. I, no, I, I, dude, I've heard... Yeah, there were kids on my high school team who'd, who'd say it the, the same way, too. But they... Uh, I know, like... Yeah, I think... Like, I mean, Nike, like, literally started at University of Oregon, so it's like they have exclusive rights over damn near everything. Yeah. That's bad. And so it's just kind of like... Those kids who came in... It's like my room. it's impossible to literally do anything else. Man, I, I'm gonna go make a ham and right. cheese sandwich all and right. some bread. But <laughs> hi, dude. Uh, take care, and I'll let you know anything. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Comes up. I'll, I'll send you across the website as soon as I get some stuff done, and then sweet yeah, man. Enjoy your sandwich. Yeah. yeah, I will. See ya. See ya. Um, so this is the first podcast of technically season two. We kind of had a break when we went to Monaco. And sort of didn't really get a chance to film any podcasts within like the last two weeks. But we have got three on the go already, which we'll be releasing um, this week. We're aiming to release three a week, maybe two if we can't. Um, I'm not sure if you know, it's obviously Rory's not been here on this podcast or a previous one. Um, there's a few more without Rory in, but he's just, be, he's just been dealing with some things what are kind of out of his control. But he'll be back um, recording as of the next few podcasts. So yeah.